There is a podcast about an island in the North Atlantic where people have been looking for an incredible treasure for more than 200 years. Hello and welcome back to Could It Be, an Oak Island podcast. My name is Dieter White and my co-host is my husband, Dustin White. Hello. So we've got some exciting news to share with you this week. Yeah, we're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. We're like everywhere now. Yeah, we're official, so you can find us wherever you like to listen to your podcasts at. Yeah, so that'll be a lot of convenience to Uh, our listeners. It's uh, not as easy to listen to it just straight off the website. Agreed. And we also got a chance to ask Maddie Blake a couple of questions, which we'll be able to share with you at the end of the show. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I've been chatting with him over uh, Facebook Messenger, and he's a super nice guy, so... We're excited to share those with you. So, Dustin, what have we been up to in regards to treasure hunting this week? Uh, We have been doing a lot of uh, work on The Map of the Dead uh, by Murray Bailey. It's a book that came out in 2017. Uh, It's a thriller that uh, takes place in England and in Egypt. Great book. Good puzzles. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. The sequel just came out. Unfortunately for us, there's no clues to help us solve the treasure hunt puzzle in the new book but it's uh it's a great great novel yeah and you know we're kind of in the home stretch here we've put a lot of time into it and we've had a great time diving in i guess we should also clarify that it is a armchair treasure hunt it's something we're doing via the internet and his website is not something you have to go out and actually dig up even though something's buried yeah, you should go pick up those books. Um, they're available on Kindle and they're really good. Another thing I've been working on this week is doing research for another uh, treasure hunting article that I'm going to write for Mysterious Writings. That's ha- great. Yeah, I had an article come out a few months ago about an armchair treasure hunt called Breakfast Tea and Bourbon. Uh, that hunt ended about a year and a half ago, but it was fun uh, revisiting it. I've also written two articles about The Secret, Uh, treasure hunt that began back in 1982 and it's still largely unsolved. You like that treasure hunt, don't you? Yeah, that's the one that we have been across the U.S. doing research and put a couple holes in the ground. That's the one that we drove to San Francisco and met with the parks department there and did the digging with the kids. Yeah, and we also went to Boston and New York to uh, do some research and we dug a hole in New York City but didn't find it we I feel like we were off by an inch or two maybe a foot who knows you're off by an inch you're off by a mile yeah you're off by a thousand miles basically <laughs> then we had Thanksgiving this week and that turkey was awesome uh, that that was good here in the U.S. it was Thanksgiving and that really took up a good chunk of our week spending time with family and friends and yeah, we wanted to get this podcast out a little earlier, but, you know, had a lot of family stuff going on. All right. Enough about us. Let's go ahead and dive into the Behind the Dig. Yeah, our friend uh, Maddie Blake was sitting with Rick and Marty going over the first episode. Yeah, they. What something I really liked that Rick had said was, this is a real mystery. We're trying to apply real science with real professionals to come to an understanding of what this is. To me, as a very analytical type of person, I like seeing that, that they're really trying to do something that's definitive and has some real analytical data to it. 
I like the uh, the dreaming part of it. I like how Rick is basically the driving force behind the seismic scanning technology, even though uh, Craig and uh, Marty used that in their professional life. They just didn't think it could be applied to uh, shallow depths like they would need at Oak Island. Yeah, they really kept shutting him down when he was bringing it up because they were so used to it being applied in a very specific way. They were looking for something much deeper. You know, when they're looking for oil and gas, that makes sense. Craig and Marty have used this technology and they've said that it's for looking deep. A hundred feet is not deep in the world that they work in. So that's really fascinating that Craig actually started looking into whether or not this technology had worked, could work, if it had evolved. Yeah, well, then it was... Marty that admitted that he and Craig were being just too smart about this and believing they knew everything about that kind of technology or, or how it could be applied to a place like Oak, Oak Island or how it couldn't be applied. Exactly. And the fact that they had already thrown so much at it, they were like, fine, we will look into it. You've been pushing this for a long time and it may end up, for all we know, being the best thing that they could have done. Well, next episode will show us that they're going to have some results and hopefully the brothers will have an X marks a spot to put a, another case on down. You mean they'll be able to crack this nut? Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> so that was after Craig joined Maddie, Marty, and Rick. Maddie then brings in the metal detecting ninja, Gary Drayton. Yes, that's always, that's always fun. Maddie has dubbed him, what, the most overtly funny on the island? Yeah, yeah, well... I can tell that that's the case, you know, just by uh, the holy shamolis and the, uh, you know, everything else that comes with Gary. It's funny because Gary just, he kind of gets that look in his eye like, yeah, and then he says he's a jokester. I bet hanging out with him, you've really got to be on your toes. He's probably always got something to throw back at you. I'm sure he's a really fun guy, and I don't mean a mushroom. <laughs> what? Fun, fun guy. Oh, a fun guy. <laughs> oh, classic dad joke. Okay, that was that was funny. Okay, thank you. Gotcha. <laughs> I thought it was really interesting when Maddie asked Gary, you know, what's it like being able to join the team and come out here? And Gary goes into how he feels really lucky to every time he gets to cross the causeway and be part of the team it just it really showed me that they feel like family you know just the way they're looking at each other and smiling and it's so much bigger and in treasure hunting at least i found for me half the joy is the search is that camaraderie in between and i think you can really see that between the guys here oh for sure and you could tell that Gary has a respect for the island. Yes. You know, that's, um, he doesn't go in there with the expectation of pulling up a Bobby Dazzler every time he steps foot on the island, but, you know, he wants to. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine why he wouldn't want to, but it was really also nice to see that clip where they're, they just keep pulling trash out of the ground and reminding us that it's not every time you step on the lot that a Bobby Dazzler comes out. It's not always a top pocket fine sometimes it's a fence post cap 90 probably 99 percent of the time <laughs> you know sometimes it's a soda can sometimes it's nails sometimes 
But so when a Bobby Dazzler comes out after hours of searching, that's why we get a woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. Yeah, he gets super excited. So that's about when the Behind the Dig ended. All right, and so episode two officially starts. Gold Rush is the title. Yay! Maybe we actually found gold. I think we did. Rick and Gary, fresh off their find of that fantastic Bobby Dazzler on (laughs) lot 21, arrived at Dan Blankenship's house to talk to him and show him and Marty, who's already there, uh, this fantastically cool piece of jewelry. (laughs) Yeah, they all seem really excited about it. Of course, we have to remember this time, you can kind of tell they're assuming it's a genuine stone. And it, they're excited because it's really, it's detailed. It's a little intricate. Bit, yeah, it's intricate. It's different than the other one that they found. Gary speculates it's from 1700s or older. Yeah, or even earlier. Yeah. When they said that, I was kind of shocked. I was like, no way. That's so old. That's, you know, crazy. It It is. Money Pit was found in 1795. And so if it's before 1700s, that's significantly before you know it could be dropped there anytime it could have been dropped there you know 100 years ago or whatever but you got to take that into account it's still the if he's potentially dating it back that far that's that's significant i agree and then dan i love that he chimes in they've been making jewelry a long time well that's that's true so if they've been making a long time means there's plenty of jewelry out there for them to drop on the island well they speculated about pirates you know tromping across (laughs) the island pockets full of jewels and (laughs) gold and dropping it here and there just because it's spilling out of their pockets. They have so much that they're going to go try to bury. I love that image that Gary gives us, the idea of pirates shoving their pockets full of jewels and treasure and running across the eye. I see like a little cartoon running through my head. I have visions of like pirates filling the pockets full of jewelry running across the island, dropping this stuff. Well, the narrator speculated that it could have been Captain James Anderson, who used to live on Oak Island back in the Revolutionary War time. That's right. And uh, we saw some of his ancestors last season. You know, you remember that episode with the uh, the chest? Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, sure. It could be him, I guess, but it could be a million other people. It could be. (laughs) Yeah, it could be. So... That, that's fun. The narrator also suggests it could be part of the Lost Jewels of Marie Antoinette. You know, the same old song and dance yep. with all the theories. The list of theories that of what it could be. Yeah. Dan tells the guys the most important thing to do is to date the piece of jewelry. So, you know, everybody agrees to that. And we spent a lot of time doing that this episode. <laughs> we sure do. And Marty and the team decide to get both of the brooches tested. The one found last season and this season. Mm-hmm to get some answers absolutely so after that we end up going back over to where eagle canada is doing the seismic scanning over in the money pit area and the narrator explains how the technology works to us again even though you know we have kind of gone over that in the first episode yeah but it's a good refresher you know that's some complicated stuff it is uh i try to Think of it as simple as possible, like we talked about before with a echolocation and seeing what voids are under there, natural or not. We'll see. Yeah, hopefully we'll find out. Yeah, that was uh, supervised uh, by Charles Barkhouse and Alex Gaithier from Eagle Canada. And uh, just a side note, Alex from Eagle Canada, that guy's a giant. He's 
so tall. And... Like, it looks like he's like two feet taller than Charles Burkhouse. Yeah, I don't want to mess with that guy. Well, he should be a pro wrestler or something. He's a, he's a monster. <laughs> yeah, he could be a pro wrestler on the side. I could something. see that. Wow, UFC, something like that. <laughs> They were watching the seismic charges go off. Alex explained that it was they did eight at a time. And once they're finished, uh, hopefully they'll have even better results than they had with the test with the Halifax tunnel. Yeah, that'll be really exciting. I love seeing whenever they pull out and show it and the little detonations and the giant grid. It just it kind of blows my mind. Yeah. But they wrap that up and kind of hand off to the team letting them know it's going to take a couple weeks to get all that, to be able to read the results and put something together for them, right? Yeah, when they finish at the end of the show, um, yeah, they said it'll be a few weeks before they can give them the results, but we won't have to wait that long. We'll get that information next episode. Hopefully. Yeah, it looks like it. It looks like it. Hopefully we'll get a better idea of what's going on there if they shared that all with us. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully find out some more on Tuesday. So... The other kind of construction that we see going on is that they are building the road out to Smith's Cove between the money pit and Smith's Cove there. Yeah, and a platform for the crane. That's a big crane. Yeah, yeah, it's big. So they have Brycon Construction building the road and the platform. And at the end of the episode, that's when it shows Irving showing up with their uh, crane putting it together so they could get it in position to start the work at Smith's Cove. Yes, and they go on to explain how they're going to excavate down there. Yeah, it's going to be a massive excavation about, uh, I believe they said 12,000 square feet. <laughs> wow, that that's then, a lot. Well, and then deep. Mm-hmm. You know, so the coffer dam's over 500 feet long. It's big. So I sell real estate. So for me, I start thinking of that in the terms of houses and how big they are. So I see a lot of square footage and kind of understand what that looks like. When you say 12,000 square feet, that's a lot. I mean, that's a lot of square footage. It just, I feel like that's going to be a really long process. Well, that's a lot of hiding places for a treasure. <laughs> yes, for all of Gary's little friends. Well, I guess for Drayton's Cross's little friends, right? Yeah, exactly. They'll find more stuff like that down there. I'm not, I have no doubt about it whatsoever. Also, the U-shaped structure that will be revealed. You know, there's a lot going down at Smith's Cove. The U-shaped structure, I have to admit, I'm really excited for the prospect of that. We keep seeing those clips showing that, seeing it coming and... I'm I'm so stoked to actually get eyes on the remainder of those clips. The anticipation is killing you. Oh, so much. <laughs> yeah. Well, we won't have to wait too much longer. Yeah, it's kind of off the charts for us. You know, it's not. This is it's completely unexpected. And I'll try and keep you even busier. Yes. Just started. Excellent. Just getting warmed up. Okay, so in regards to the brooches, we talked a little bit about the fact that they said yes. We need to get them dated. But then they talk with Laird, who agrees they should get them dated. We had a lot of conversations about the fact of needing to get these brooches dated. Well, it's important. And it's it's important, I think, to show the perspective of them showing it to the archaeologists, of them showing it to Dan Blankenship, of, you know, you got to appreciate the find. Well, absolutely. And I know a lot of people, I've been, you know, 
searching or looking, reading the Facebook comments. And a lot of people are like, oh, they're just showing the same thing over and over. Oh, they found the brooch. Oh, they did this. Oh, they talked about the brooch some more. Well, come on. They found something that's like hundreds and hundreds of years old. You got to bask in that glory. No, I definitely agree. There's, you know, a couple types of people that are watching the show. They want to see the treasure. They want to see, you know, those gobs of treasure we think about being in the pirates' pockets and them running across the island. The historical portion of this and those who have been following the Oak Island mystery for so many years and just being able to see any real progress made. Yeah, but you can't lose sight of, you know, this is a treasure hunt. Treasure won't be found every single day. No. The expectations to have a new big find for every episode are, are that's that's a little that's a little high. You shouldn't be expecting such things. It's 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 hard to find these things, you know? I agree. How many times have we done treasure hunts and not found something? Uh, pretty much all but one. <laughs> yes, and but we've learned a lot in the process through the history, and we've met so many great people across the United States, over in other parts of the world, just by doing this, which it's very true. could be argued as the real treasure. Yeah, but gold's nice, too. Yeah, gold's nice, too. <laughs> I, I won't lie, I like gold. Yeah. No, I, I agree. For Back to how it applies to Oak Island, you know, it's just unrealistic to think that every single episode somebody's going to be pulling up a gold, you know, jewel or whatever out of the ground every episode. Basically, I think what the show has to do is show you the discovery. Then basically the next episode, well, here's the discovery. Let's research it and figure out as much as we can about it. You know, that makes complete sense to me. I want to know more about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it could be told maybe in a little bit less time, but... I think it deserves every second of screen time it got. It's an amazing find. It is, and I am glad that they, you know, what do you say, the old guys are headed off to get the testing in done. In Calgary? Yeah, yeah, in Calgary, and they're leaving the young guys to supervise. Like, in my head, all of a sudden, I hear, road trip! <laughs> so, so they tested the gem that we found out was glass, and the yes. setting it was in. And then we took a look at the older, the gem that was found last season. It didn't appear that they looked at that setting too, or at least they didn't they share didn't that with it. us. Yeah, they may not have, you know, it's kind of deteriorated kind of a bit. It, it would have been nice to have a little information on it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if it's not that exciting, I can understand them not wanting to dwell on it, you know, give airtime to it. Uh, they dwell on other things. I feel like they could have shared with us this was not significant or this was significant as far as the brooch goes or could it be that it is highly significant and they're holding that back for a later episode could be yeah yeah Yeah. i'm gonna i'm going with that hey that'd be cool i'm i'm down for that idea so the gemologist uh charles luton brain goes on to tell rick marty and dave what he thinks is the most important part of this brooch of the of the setting if you look at this wire you can see that there's a spiral nature to it yes it's called block twisting and this is the sign of ancient jewelry they stopped doing that when in the 1300s that that's quite a while ago (laughs) yeah that's pre-columbus what do you think about the fact that the stone that was in that setting 
was glass when was, they were looking into that. I thought it was pretty cool. You know, it was probably hard to get your hand on a lot of gems back in the day. Maybe. I don't know. I haven't done any research on that. Um, I was looking into some of how the red glass or the ruby glass was made and the other who was what's the name of the other guy that was there? Axel. Axel. I love that he chimes in and explains how these recipes for the red glass were lost and found and lost and found and I had the same initial reaction as Marty like how do you, does all the red glass get lost at the same time? What do you mean you lose it? Glass people were extremely secretive. Each family that was working glass would have their own little book of recipes, sometimes in code. Secret recipes written in code. The 90 foot stone is a recipe in code for red glass. Bam. Done. Boom. Boom. <laughs> Boom. I wasn't sold on the 90 foot stone before, but now I really like the idea of it being a recipe for red glass. Drop the mic. <laughs> solved. Mystery solved. Yeah, I don't think so for some reason. Oh, you're no fun. The narrator explains history about the Rosicrucians who were believed to be led by Sir Francis Bacon. Yes. And in prior seasons, they've speculated that maybe Francis Bacon was originally the real author of Shakespeare's work. Yes. I'm not excited about the idea of more of Shakespeare's work, though. <laughs> Having to do that in high school, man, I really hope the Shakespeare, like, there's not more hidden manuscripts somewhere on that island. That's the one I'm really not pulling for. Well, if it is, they're going to be waterlogged and destroyed, probably, so. Yes. <laughs> I know. At least I won't have to study it. Yeah. Well, it'd be a spectacular uh, earth-shattering find. It, it really you're right. It, it definitely would. I found it interesting that the gemologists suggest that they look into the archives over in Britain in regards to... Yeah, in London. The, the Gemological Society. Yes, and since they're really wanting these items to be from Europe, that was positive for them to hear. The narrator speculates that since the stones were blood red... In quote, you know, air quotes, mm -hmm. um, that they could be linked to the Rosicrucians or the Knights Templar, you know, who had their red crosses across, you know, that's what, that's the visual thing for the Knights Templar is a big red cross. It's exactly what we all think of is that red Templar cross. Yeah. So, I don't know. Sure. That'd be fun. That's kind of a stretch. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of a stretch along with. Yeah, that's what Other ideas. Out. Yeah, so more testing needs to be done, and we'll just have to wait and see, you know, what becomes of it. Yep. After they leave the gemologist, they head over to Halifax. Yeah, to St. Mary's University. And that is where they're asking them to look and see if there is gold, the shiny parts. Uh, they meet with the professor of chemistry and her assistant to look at the brooch and analyze it under a very high-powered microscope. Yes. I thought it was really, <laughs> they kept saying, what about that shiny part? No, the bright part. Can we see that? And they kept going to all the dark parts. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, well, this is copper. <laughs> this is brass. Well, but, yeah, but what about that shiny stuff? And they're like, we don't really care about that. We want to know about the shiny stuff. <laughs> well, it was worth the wait because the professor said, you've definitely struck gold. Yeah, they were they were super stoked. Marty said, "We struck gold, ha ha!" You know, they were all celebrating. They're happy. Um, and then 
Marty said, well, we have a first verified piece of gold on Oak Island. Yep. And now Gary can go do his gold dance. I feel cheated. I didn't get to see Gary's gold dance. Yeah, it better open this next episode with like his gold dance. Yeah, doing a little jig? Yes. Yeah, that would be funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, let's talk about Gary Drayton a little bit more before we move on. He's very respected in the world of metal detecting. Yes. I mean, we had known who he was before he showed up on Oak Island. Yeah, I've seen him on different TV shows. Like he was on an episode of Expedition Unknown a couple years ago. There was a couple different shows we've seen him on. We really liked him there. So when he showed up... I was like, hey, I know that guy. Where do I know that guy from? Yeah, I, I was super excited because he always had something fun to bring to the show. This is who Gary is. Yeah, well... I'd love to ask Gary questions. When we saw Gary on Expedition Unknown with Josh Gates, they were over in Europe and they were... They were doing some... dredging. Yeah, yeah, and they were pulling up a lot of soil underneath a body of water was it a lake i i don't remember it's been a while since we've seen that yeah episode. i can't remember but it, it was a good one yeah well he was definitely memorable <laughs> obviously yeah yes. we you can't you can't forget him but like we said super highly respected you know everybody on the crew for the show you know just loves gary i think gary brings a wealth of knowledge about artifacts that he has seen because he's metal detected like he said in the All opening of- all, all over, over the, the world. world. All over the world. When you've been doing it that long and you have been doing it in so many different places, you can't help but pick up a lot of knowledge along the way, which is one of the reasons he's such a valuable resource. Yeah, you could tell that he loves being there because, like, I follow him on Facebook and I see a lot of his pictures that yes. he puts up there of, like, things that he finds in the beaches of Florida. Like, Gold rings, gold necklaces, just all sorts of crazy stuff. Like, he, he finds a lot of uh, jewelry and a lot of other things. On Oak Island, he doesn't find that kind of stuff, you know, not every day. He must love it if he's going to Oak Island so often to help them make more discoveries there when it might be more lucrative to him to stay, you know, in Florida doing his own thing, you know, finding all this jewelry he finds. Because I see... Pictures of, like, hundreds of things he's found. It's just, it's all amazing and beautiful. Yeah, it may be more lucrative and it it may be easier. So you're not as exhausted. Probably trying to get into some of those different areas on Oak Island is a challenge. Oh, for sure. And he embraces that challenge. And when he teams up with, like, Jack Bagley or when he teams up with Rick Lagina out there, he makes it more fun, I think, you know? <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone's going to ever get as excited for a find as Gary. Yeah. Gary lives and breathes this stuff. Totally agree. All right, so then we end up returning to the war room uh, to discuss the findings of the brooch with Rick, Laird, Dave, Charles, and Doug. And they confirm that the brooch has gold in it. Yeah, and then Dave says to him, I want more gold than that. <laughs> Dave's not as impressed. He's like, I want more gold. Yeah, like, he was still impressed, though. He was impressed at how old it was. He was, but it's just funny because it felt like he's like, well, where's my you know treasure trove of gold? And they're like, we've got gold leaf. <laughs> well, here's a clip of that. We have found our first gold on Oak Island. I want more gold than that. Well, come on, man. <laughs> small victories, right? Come on, man. Small victories. 
I, lo- I, I love that line. That was funny. Yes. How many times have we said that in our daily lives? Small victories. I think you say it all the time. You're right. Marty explains to the room that block twisting as a technique went out of fashion sometime in the 14th century. And uh, Laird seemed very, very impressed with that. Yes. They all start talking about that the things they have been pulling out of the ground seem to be pushing them further back in time than what they had initially expected. Yeah, they would have been real happy with just finding things from the 1600s. And that seems very old to me. (laughs) That's extremely old, but (laughs) this is another 400 years prior to that, possibly. Well, it probably seems extremely old to me because we are in the United States on the West Coast and there is nothing that old over here. Maybe 100 years old. Or, I mean, there's there's stuff that's like 150 years old Mm -hmm. in the Pacific Northwest where we live. Yeah, so the idea of something this old showing up is just, wow. Pretty cool. Uh, I sometimes wish we lived on the East Coast so that we can go metal detecting like Gary. Oh, yeah. Go see some real, real history come out of the ground. When we were over in New York and Boston, just even walking around over there... It's got a whole different feel because of the age of everything. It was it was unreal. You know, that was our first trip ever to the East Coast, and everything's so old. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot of new things, too. But I, it's beautiful in a different way yeah, than well, what we're used to. Yeah, we went to the Boston Public Library, and that was built in the 1700s. You know, I've never been in a building that was built in the 1700s before that. And that was astonishing. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. Very breathtaking for us. There's one other little clip in this war room scene that I want to play. Here it is. This brooch, which could be a lot older than we ever thought. We have the lead cross, not mined in North America. So these artifacts are pushing us back farther in time than I ever thought we would see here. Yeah, Rick, I never thought we'd be finding stuff from the 12 or 1300s. I can't say that I ever thought that as well, David, but we're finding answers. Way back. Way back. Yeah, way back. And then Marty tells all of us that now that you're up to speed, we need to get back to work. Time to find more gold. Yeah. Okay, shortly after that, we start seeing all of the equipment start rolling in for the cofferdam. Yeah, where they put that 300-ton crane together, put on the pad that they just built so that they can drive those 25-foot pylons. pylons, Or the pylons 25 feet deep into the ocean floor Mm -hmm. to build that coffer dam. Yep, so that they can get started out there. So what they're doing is really setting us up for what I'm excited to see, which is hopefully that large U-shaped structure. In Smith's Cove. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, that'll be amazing to see when they unearth it. Mm -hmm. I hope they bring Dan Blankenship back down there to put eyes on it again. You know, what he saw back in the 70s. Mm -hmm. That large wood U-shaped structure... What is it? I don't know. I have no idea what it is, personally. I can't even begin to speculate. So you think it could be something that was from a searcher? Maybe. Do you think it could be something that whoever deposited something on Oak Island used? Maybe. I I feel like I can't rule anything out right now. I'm just really perplexed at what this could possibly be. Well, it's got Roman numerals carved into it. Well, maybe that's just them putting notches in it saying, lay this one down here first. They look like giant Lincoln logs. Lincoln log number one goes here. Lincoln log number two goes here. Very possible. 
yeah, the U-shaped structure has got a lot of people curious. Hopefully, once they unearth it, we'll have some more answers. You know, what they'll obviously go and get the wood tested. They'll get the wood dated. They will metal detect. They have a lot of things to do. Yes. I think on this next episode, we're probably going to get a lot of Smith Cove coverage. Just there, It feels like to me there's a lot to look at there. I'm not so sure. I think we're going to be doing a lot of reviewing data in Calgary of the testing done by Eagle Canada. Okay. Well, what about the fact that on the next time on the Curse of Oak Island, we're seeing them out there with Mike West uh, from Gemtech doing the metal detecting and it's only they get a hit about five inches down so Gary comes out they find it they pull something out that looks like a stick or I mean to me I can't tell what it is uh, it was metal, so it wasn't a stick. Yeah, I'm just saying it looks like a stick. Maybe it's a metal stick. I know that's not... A, maybe it's like a metal coffee stir. I don't know. But they... Uh, Jack From, from is the like, 16th century, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm sure that's exactly it. Yeah. It has Jack, a sharp end. Jack comes over and says, like, oh, it's only five inches? That makes it easy. And he mm-hmm. starts digging, and it's like... It, it, it didn't look so easy of a dig, Jack. <laughs> right. He goes and puts his shovel in and hits solid rock. I was like, oh, yeah, it looks real easy, hey, dude. He got the job done. <laughs> he did. It just it made me laugh that he was like, oh, this is going to be so easy. And then goes to stick it in. Uh, yeah. Well, clunk, clunk. <laughs> he scoops it out. Gary sees it, goes and picks it up, and he's looking at it. And Jack says, a welding rod? No, look no? at this. Tip on the end. Oh, shoot. That is unbelievable. And, you know, the camera kind of pulls Cuts away out. And, mm. you know, that's it. But We're left to imagine what it is. Yeah, I have no idea. I have no idea either. I couldn't even guess. Yeah. I, for all we know, it's just another 18th century metal iron spike, you know? Exactly. But, no, it can't be because... Because they're excited. Gary, Gary doesn't get excited over that, obviously. <laughs> that's true. That's true. And that is the last that we see of the episode. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty good one. You know, there was a lot of examining and repeating of kind of information, but I think it was all valuable information. Yes, and it set us up for another great episode yet to come. Every single episode is exciting. So yes, we're not it gonna, is. I don't think we're ever going to get something that's completely boring. You know, I had a lot of fun watching this episode. I don't think it was better than the premiere, but, you know, how can you top finding spectacular Bobby Dazzler? I don't know. I think what would be spectacular is if the 90-foot stone was really just a recipe in code for red glass. <laughs> You're going on about that again. Yeah, yeah sure. I, I'm pretty sold on it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, let's go into something that is going to become a regular thing on our show. As you know, we, the show's called Could It Be? And while I know some of you love Robert Clotworthy and some of you don't like him as much as the narrator, we, we've kind of 
over the years laugh because he has become a part of the show. He is the voice you hear with the show, and we laugh when he says He's full something. of speculation, isn't he? Oh, yeah. He's, <laughs> that's the best way to put it. He is full of speculation. Well, it's the writers that are full of speculation, but yes. he puts it... He I, delivers I, it intently. I, I think it's so good. <laughs> I, I have so much fun listening to that guy. I, I always bust up laughing, especially um, at parts like we're about to introduce... So we're going to have this as a regular segment of the show. This is the clot-worthy moment of the episode. And what we're going to do is we're going to play some clips from the episode of the narrator. Short clips. It's going to be a couple of our favorite moments of every episode. So every week we're going to have a poll up on Twitter. And you can follow us at Oak Island Pod on Twitter about the clot-worthy moment of the episode. So what is moment number one? All right. So moment number one is... Gilded. As in gold? <laughs> Gilded as in gold. Yeah, I love it when he does that kind of stuff. That That is the that is the funniest thing. <laughs> yes. Okay, so what's our second one? Okay, here's clip number two. Secret recipes written in code. That's the one I vote for. You can't, it, you can't influence the vote like that. Okay, from now on, though, I'm writing all my recipes in code. All of them? All of them. They're all going to be secret recipes. <laughs> okay, you do that. Then that means only you have to cook. Oh, <laughs> I like I like the sound of that. That's actually good for me. Okay, so we'll go ahead and put those up on Twitter, and hopefully you guys will go ahead and vote, and we'll share with you each week who has won. Well, which line, which one becomes your clot-worthy moment of the week? Done, done, done. All right, so let's go ahead and wrap this up with, last but not least, our questions that we had asked Maddie Blake. The first question we asked him was, what's your favorite part of being part of the Oak Island family? And Maddie said? His response was, oh man, it's been a life changer in all the best ways. If I had to pick one, I'd say the relationships I've made with cast and crew. I have brothers for life. Yeah, that's really cool. Okay, so what was the second question? The second question is, if the Oak Island team finds the main treasure cache, which of the theorized treasures do you hope is recovered? Like An example was the religious artifacts hidden by the Knights Templar, Shakespeare's lost manuscripts, etc. And Maddie's response was, personally, I'm not as excited about the idea of temporal treasure, i.e. the gold, those types of things. I want it to be historical or theologically important. I want the cross to be just the beginning. I think we could all get on board with that. The gold treasure would be nice to find, but you know, the historical stuff is awesome too. Question number three was, what is your favorite Drayton-ism? He said, a new one coming up that I don't want to give away. Guys, that means there's something new that Gary says that's it, amazing. It, I wonder if he says it while he's doing his gold dance. <gasps> Wouldn't that yes. be awesome? Yes. <laughs> I'm excited to learn what this uh, new Gary... Draytonism. Draytonism is. <laughs> yeah, so that's cool. All right, the next question was, beside your involvement with the Curse of Oak Island, are you interested in other mysteries or legends? He said, yes, I'm a paranormal enthusiast and experiencer. I actually co-host a podcast as well, dealing with such issues called Monsterland on iTunes. So I didn't know that. And when I got these answers back, I went and downloaded the first episode of his second season of Monsterland. And it's actually a pretty fun show. I enjoyed it quite a bit. 
You would. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm not into the paranormal or any of that. That That's always been right up your alley. But... Well, I might not be into like the ghosts and stuff. I, I mean, who knows? But I love Bigfoot. <laughs> I love aliens. I think that stuff is a lot of fun. I... I don't know. I, you I just, can see I just who's like the dreamer and who's the realist in this relationship. Hey, Bigfoot's out there. Okay. Okay. In the episode of the podcast I listened to of Monsterland, Maddie explains to his co-host that uh, somebody from the crew of the Curse of Oak Island went up to or came up to him in between takes and told him about an, a Bigfoot experience he had driving to Oak Island on. Um, one day of shooting on the production. <laughs> I guess that kind of stuff follows him wherever he goes. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's a heavily, heavily dense wooded area on the way going to the island. So who knows? Okay. What other questions did we have for Maddie? Okay. Then we had uh, something that kind of relates to that is more likely to exist Bigfoot or the Loch Ness Monster. And he simply put Bigfoot. Yeah. Well, he's a believer. That's for sure. All right, so the next question was, Indiana Jones or the Goonies? Indy all day. <laughs> Indy all day. For, I agree. For me, it's the Goonies. I, no. I love Indiana Jones. It's awesome. It's 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 a wonderful franchise. Except for Crystal Skull. I'm sorry, guys. I, I can't You don't do like it. it when Indiana Jones got into a lead-lined uh, uh, icebox and... Well, this is the beginning of the movie. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. Aliens, really? Come on, Andy. No. <laughs> no. Well, what about the Goonies? The Goonies are awesome. Yeah. I grew up with the Goonies. I love the Goonies. Yeah, but I really like Indy. Besides, you know, you there's the rolling boulder and the... I mean, we're talking about iconic moments here. What about, hey, you guys? Rolling boulder and <laughs> golden idol. I'm on board there. Okay, that's a good one. All right, so our last question was, out of the big three, the Money Pit, Smith's Cove, the Swamp, which area are you most intrigued with, and which area do you think is likely that holds the most answers? His response was, I feel something every time I'm at the Swamp, and 10X. 10X? I didn't even say anything about 10X. Exactly. Or, mm. Hmm. Interesting. In the Swamp. Yeah, well, we I don't think we said much about the swamp all season so far. <laughs> well, but he, all two episodes. I know, but he's he's got a feeling something's going on in the swamp. He's got a feeling that something's going on in 10X, you know? I guess those we are, should consider that. Those are fun. Hey, that's awesome to, for us to hear because that means hopefully we get more of that stuff. You know, that's not stuff we're even looking forward to at this point of the season. True. Hopefully they surprise us. Yeah. Well, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be awesome. Okay, guys, as we're wrapping up the show here, I just want to say thank you for the feedback that you gave us after the first episode. We really appreciate it. Yeah, it's been awesome. Thank you so much. So now that you can find us on iTunes, please go in there, give us a five-star review and a follow if you want to see the episodes as soon as they air. That's the quickest way to get them. You can give us your feedback through our through Twitter. Yeah, we're at, at Oak Island Pod. Or you can find us on Facebook or Instagram at Oak Island Podcast. You can also email us your questions at oakislandpodcast at gmail.com. All right. Well, we are looking forward to the next episode, and we hope you have a wonderful week. Until then, could it be? 
I would say holy shimoli. <laughs>